You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Even as the disastrous water crisis in Flint was unfolding, there was a city in Michigan that was well underway to replacing the lead service lines that caused so many problems. Lansing, led by Mayor Verge Bonero, raised the money and took 12 years to rip out lead service lines and replace them. And now it's one of the only cities in America and the only one here in Michigan to have achieved that environmental reform. How did they do it and why? Joining us now to talk about Lansing and that reform is the city's former mayor, Verge Bernero. Verge, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thanks, Stephen. How are, you, how are you? I'm good. It's been a really long time since I've had a, a chance to sit and talk with you. It was really, I guess, the last time would have been when you were running for governor in 2010. Uh, we had many conversations about your ideas. But, I, but w- one of the things I don't remember talking to you about then was this project, which was already underway at that point, this idea of taking out uh, lead lines and and replacing them. Let's go back to uh, the beginning and tell us why you decided this was something that Lansing needed to do. Well, Stephen, it was part luck and part pluck. Um, uh, a determined group of citizens, and I give credit to citizens act, citizen activists, and I want to, I know you really believe in this, and uh, you know, we see recently what citizen activism can do. We see it in Puerto Rico. Uh, we see it in, in Hawaii, where uh, 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 longtime residents um, are, are organically, you know, cropping up to, to be involved in politics because it affects the life of their community. Um, uh, in Puerto Rico, they forced the resignation of the governor. Um, you know, this is democracy in action. You see glimpses of it in Russia, even, mm. where they're trying to speak up. But here in America, of course, people still have rights uh, that are recognized. Um, and citizens came up when I was actually still in the state Senate and brought this to our attention. Uh, and my staff, I had excellent staff uh, in the person of Randy Hannon, who was my chief of staff. I give him a lot of credit. But uh, these citizens came up with their concerns about lead in the water. And we started asking questions. And Stephen, we started off asking the experts and expecting the answers that would basically calm us and the citizens down. Mm. Um, but, but it's important for elected. This is why there's such an important symbiosis between activists and good public officials. And good public officials, which I think the vast majority strive to be, uh, actually even in both parties, um, most public officials want to do good. They don't want to incite panic. They don't want to overreact, et cetera, et cetera. So we go to the powers that be. We go to the environmental people. We go to the public health people and say, hey, we've got this letter from a constituent. We've got we've had these meetings. They're raising questions about lead in the water. Uh, and, you know, we're drinking this water. Our kids are drinking this water. So we just assumed, Stephen, we assumed the answer would be everything's fine, that here's the data, here's the testing. Surely we're testing the water for lead. Um, and we were assured by the water in- industrial establishment that, uh, like the military industrial, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, um, the institutions, that, we, that everything was fine and that, that if you're going to worry about lead, you should worry about lead paint. That the issue is lead paint, it's not lead in the water. And, and we kept saying, but what about the lead in the water? Okay, we understand the lead paint. And as a county commissioner, we worked on that. I mean, we've continued to work on uh, abatement, lead abatement in the paint in the older homes, et cetera. But what about lead in the water? And uh, what is the safe standard? Well, there is no safe standard. The safe standard for kids is zero. But the standard that Michigan allows and that the federal government allows is 20 
uh, 20 parts per billion. Even though there's no safe level for pregnant women or for or for, or for children, little kids, yeah. But uh, anyway, we were assured everything was fine and that we should focus on lead paint. Uh, the more we dug into it, we didn't get answers. We got more and more questions. And at the time, we Googled it and we researched it and we found Mark Edwards and we found what was happening in Washington D.C. that there was a big uh, lead in the in the water uh, problem there that was being exposed by at that time the leading expert Mark Edwards. And we said, could this be the case here in Lansing? And so we, we kept digging and we kept asking questions. And basically, uh, we got a lot of whataboutism and look over here and look over there and don't worry about the lead and copper rule. You know, the testing is fine. Well, we said, well, what is the methodology of the testing? When we started asking about the methodology of the testing, we became even more concerned because it allowed this first draw. It allowed certain batches. It was a very small batch test, very small uh, not representative, we thought scientifically. And then it allowed a lot of uh, moving around with the test results. And if you didn't like the first test, you could you could do some other tests and so on. And it was a very small number of tests. So uh, the more we asked, the more questions we got. And, and we just were not satisfied. And we just kept digging deeper. Uh, and we were told by many experts to just butt out. You know, you're going to incite panic. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, wor- you know, worry about lead paint. Uh, in fact, the governor's head of environmental policy, a guy you would know, uh, told us, I think he even wrote an article in the paper mm-hmm. saying that we might start up a scare, Dave Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of even Democrats, whatever, it didn't matter about party, but there was this link up between the public health officials and the environmental officials who had just decided, they had just made a sort of a pact or whatever. I mean, I think they teach it in schools, sort of like <laughs> economics, um, you know, that, 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 Certain things are conventional knowledge and conventional wisdom was... And just don't worry about it. Yeah, right? you don't worry about lead in the water. The lead in the water is fine. But actually, there was a real issue, and we were convinced, and so we decided the lead uh, pipes had to go, um, and we got a new director at the Lansing Board of Water and Light when I became mayor, and we got busy doing it, and over 12 years, we spent $42 million, we yeah. raised fees, and well, we got rid of all the lead. So let's talk about how you got that money. I mean, right now, there's a new set of lead and copper rules in Michigan that's going to require cities to replace these lines uh, over the next uh, several years. And you've got a lot of water systems who are saying, it's just too expensive. We can't really afford to do that. So tell us how you got $42 million to do it in Lansing. Well, of course, a lot of these, uh, we, we have a municipal power company, the Board of Water and Light, and it's it's mainly Lansing and a couple of the communities around Lansing that it provides electricity and water, and they do a phenomenal job, and the water is very highly rated. Um, and uh, they set rates, and so they slowly increased rates. We did it over 12 years. So, so Stephen, when we talk about $42 million, it's not like they had to raise $42 million overnight, but they did over 12 years, and they it was a pay-as-you-go. So they raised rates to pay for that. It was built in, and it was no fuss, no muss. They, you know, there was no protest about it. Um, we just made it a public priority, and, and we did it. And, and by the way, the community's response that you talk about that they can't pay, um, okay, I understand it completely. I was mayor for 12 years. I know how tough it is to make that budget balance. And that budget has to be balanced. You don't, we don't print money like the federal government. I mean, it has to be balanced year over year. And the municipal power companies, they have to be balanced. But, but their response has been lame at best. Their response, the local response, they were suing the state to try to roll back this new environmental standard. Yes. Governor uh, Whitmer, to her credit, you know, came in and said, we can't have another Flint. We've got to act on this. And, and, and actually, the proposal is very reasonable. Uh, and I wish there was more from the state and leadership from the federal government. I mean, the fact is, we need this to be a priority. And the much-promised the, the, the much uh, uh, infrastructure package that was supposed to come from the federal government, where is it? 
And, and when we talk about infrastructure, of course, the pipes, the things under the ground, the things you can't see matter greatly. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the governor's thing about fix the roads. The roads do need to be fixed. Those are things that people see that are obvious. But the things under the ground also can hurt you. And, and they have, as evidenced by Flint. And so people should not be complacent. And so the, the regulation that the state put into effect is, is fairly modest. And yet the cities were suing until last week when the, a judge threw them out. Yeah. And, and, and rightly so. Because when it comes to public health, the state has an absolute right to do this. And again, I hope the state can come forward with some additional money. The governor put some money out uh, in her budget. Um, the legislature needs to come together and make this a priority. The Congress needs to make it a priority. It's a vital need. There is no safe level of lead. People need to know what's in their water. I would suggest that they do. I would suggest that they test their water um, because even today, these tests are not that great. And the Michigan standard, even though they can say it's the toughest in the nation, it's, it's only lowering uh, going down to, I think, 12 parts per billion 12, yeah. uh, in like 2025. So how many kids are going to be poisoned between now and 2025? The fact is there is no safe level of lead. It is in the water. The parchment example that is in the press right now, a community outside of Kalamazoo, demonstrates that we're just one chemical change away from a lead crisis. If you have lead pipes in your community, these are, look, these can be well-run. I'm not, I'm not trying to indict the water utilities, okay, Stephen. I'm just saying it's a real threat. Look at communities, not just in Michigan. Look at Pittsburgh. Look at well-run facilities. Pittsburgh is a well-run city. Great mayor, you know, good program, good system. But any chemical change, and that's what caused, that's what triggered the problems in Flint. Yes, the change to the, and the, change to the water chemistry, and these, uh, they come in there and they change, and they say, oh, you can save some money. You can use this chemical instead of that chemical. The point is, it, uh, in, in the parchment example, they flushed the pipes to take care of the PFAS problem. Okay, we got this PFAS problem. So you solve the PFAS problem, you create a lead problem because you start monkeying with these lead pipes. You start dealing with the filtration system and the, the, uh, the buffers that have been built up in those pipes. And so you put a new chemical in there and it, it eats away at, the, at this uh, buffer and exposes the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to get rid of the lead pipes. The only answer is to get rid of those lead pipes. And I encourage people, know what your pipes are and do your testing. And for God's sakes, get a filter if you've got lead pipes and keep that filter up to date. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with former Lansing Mayor Verge Bonero. We'll also take your calls. What do you think about uh, the fact that Lansing is out ahead of almost everybody else here in the state of Michigan in replacing its lead pipes? Do you want to see that happen in your community? Are you willing to pay more to see that happen in your community? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Verge Bernero. He was the 51st mayor of Lansing. He's currently CEO of Bernero Hannon LLC, and he is the politician who decided that the city of Lansing needed to replace the lead service lines that service people that carry water from the water system to people's taps. Uh, Lansing was the first city here in the state of Michigan to do that, and one of the first cities nationwide 
uh, to, to embrace that kind of uh, environmental reform. We're talking about this as part of our WDET book club this summer, where we are reading Dr. Mona Hanna Atisha's book, What the Eyes Don't See, and talking about the Flint water crisis, about water quality, uh, and environmental issues statewide. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Verge, as we were talking in the break, uh, you still have lots of water officials and politicians statewide who doubt the wisdom or the efficacy, I guess, of of this kind of work. Uh, it, it does take sort of a counter-thinking, I guess, to say... Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, it's disruptive. But we have to do this to keep people safe. Stephen, the people most at risk tend to be people in older neighborhoods, in poorer neighborhoods, uh, more economically challenged neighborhoods. And I'm sorry to say that, you know, these are oftentimes forgotten citizens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of these officials are in denial. Have we learned nothing from Flint? You know, when Flint happened, I heard national pundits. I heard people in the state, out of the state. Oh, how could this possibly happen? Oh, this must be all various conspiracy theories. It's a conspiracy of silence. It's the conspiracy of denial. It's the conspiracy of we've got better things to do. We've got more important issues. That's the conspiracy. The conspiracy of I'm too busy. I'm too broke. And our children will suffer. And the kids at the lower end, and they're the kids who deserve the boost. It's the opposite. It's just like our school systems. You know, it's it's terrible that the quality of education should be determined by your zip code. And now the quality of your drinking water is going to be determined by your... This is outrageous. People should be up in arms. And it's citizen activism that's going to turn this around, that's going to make the politicians sit up and pay attention. The fact that certain cities, including Detroit, that their leading response is to go to court and fight a state standard that is designed to improve safety, to give people clean water, for God's sakes. During the Flint crisis, I heard so many sanctimonious, pious speeches about, oh, how could we allow these poor children? Oh, the children deserve better. Okay, yes, it's true. Yes. But you got to do something about it. What the hell are you doing about it? What are you doing in communities around the, instead of looking the other way and trying to fight progress, you know, join hands with the governor, join hands, call your state legislatures, get a symposium together and figure out how you're going to pay for this, which must be done. There is no safe level. The damage that can be done to young brains, to young children, to pregnant women is permanent. Uh, and let's so let's get on it. Like Dr. Mona says in her book, it was courageous citizen leadership and leaders like Dr. Mona. It wasn't the politicians mm-hmm. at the front of the parade that fixed this, yeah. including in Lansing. It was citizens that grabbed my attention, that wouldn't let go. And then the more me and my staff looked into it, the more we had to question the experts. And we found our own experts and we found Dr. Mark Edwards. We flew him in and, and he was counter-establishment. He was uh, you know against the conventional wisdom. The conventional wisdom was pay no attention to the water. Don't worry about the water. And that's the same thing you're hearing now. And the very modest proposal that's come out of the state that says you could, the cities must develop a plan to fix their pipes, to remove those lead pipes over 20 years, Stephen, over 20 years. And they're fighting that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get uh, some callers involved here. Paul in Northville. Paul, what's on your mind? Uh, Well, I'm just curious whether during under the Lansing program, whether they uh, funded the 
replacement of the service lines that was on the private property part. I think typically when you replace a as a municipality or whatever, you would replace from the water main to the property line, and then it would be the responsibility of the property owner. And that cost has always been a significant aspect in mm-hmm. those type of decisions. Yeah, I yeah. just was curious whether they did the private as well. Paul, that's a really great uh, that's a really great question. When you did this in Lansing. Uh, Verge, did you did you go all the way up to we did, the house? Right into the house. Yeah. And that's the way it must be done. And this was an issue Paul raises a very good question. Uh, it's a key, key issue because if all the city does if is is replace it's if they don't own now in Lansing, we own the whole the whole thing right up to the house. Up in to the in house. Mo- okay. most cities, in many cities, they own uh, up to the sidewalk or whatever. And then from the sidewalk to the house, it's the per- person's uh, and if you if the city only does its thing, there's the chance that you actually, again, disrupt the buffer and you actually send lead. You actually open up uh, another avenue, as happened in Flint with the change with the chemistry. Uh, this could be a physical disruption, not a chemical disruption in the lead service line, but it would be a physical disruption. And unless you replace that entire, remove all the lead, you're potentially actually shaking things loose and exposing and, and, and creating, at least for a time, yeah. putting, putting that family worse. in jeopardy. So in, and this was an issue in Pittsburgh where they had to uh, get new legislation because the utilities couldn't go in and fix that. They had to get new legislation, which the Speaker of the House uh, in Pennsylvania tried to block on a political basis for a while. And eventually, again, the activism and, and just the, the, the moral imperative of doing the right thing uh, took hold. Hmm. And so we have to make sure it's done right. Yeah, yeah. Paul, uh, thanks for the call. And the questions, let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Well, I'm going to piggyback right on what he said. I, I had my water shut off about 20 years ago here on the east side of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And when they came out to turn the water back on, and it was for like a $150 water bill. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when they came out to turn the water back on, they couldn't. They dug it up. They saw lead. They replaced it from the main in the middle of the street to my in my property line, and I still have lead in the lines. But back back to the costs. Um, you, your question was, are we willing to pay the cost? Mm-hmm. We, we the costs are there. The children are are not learning because of the lead, and the costs are there. Are we willing to fix the mistakes? Is the real question, Stephen. Yeah. And yeah. I and I know I've I've been on the show before, and talking about the houses we built down here that are lead free and what right. have you. Right. The, the minor home repairs um, program in the city of Detroit and other cities is not effectively working to fix the leaky to fix roof, stuff, cause yeah. the John, paint. John, I'm, yep. gonna, I'm running out of time, but uh, so gotcha. I, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I do appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Okay, Verge Bernero, former mayor of Lansing. It was really great to catch up with you and talk about this Likewise. Uh, super important issue. Look forward thanks. to talking again. Yeah, thanks. thanks for being here. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow and hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.